Hey guys, welcome to episode 270 of the podcast with my charming and wonderful guest, Lily Morajnik. I want to wish all of you a wonderful holiday season. I hope everybody is enjoying a little bit of, dare I say, R&R. I'm going to go ahead and skip shout outs because I am uh, very much on the road and sort of... um, embedded in family stuff and uh and and just wanted to go ahead and get this episode out but uh i'm, I'm thinking of you all I, I wish you all the very best of the season hope to see some of you of course again in um january maybe i'll try to like give a certain shout out to certain shows and recommend them um uh, as I release episodes uh, before and during the, the, the festival. So um, this one that I will shout out today, because it's sort of on my mind since we just got a poster made, is the uh, Boy in the Plastic Bubble staged reading that I am doing with my um, part of my wonderful Stand Against Evil cast. That's on uh, Friday, January 19th. It is uh, something that Dana Gould has essentially completely and totally overhauled and rewritten and it's going to be phenomenal and funny and crazy uh, Dana's in it Maria Bamford uh, me Nate Mooney Deborah Baker Jr. Stephen Ogg from Walking Dead who also of course was in our third episode of Stand Against Steve all season two um, just a, a fantastic fun weird cast Ron Lynch um, it, it's going to be great so if you are in the Bay Area and you have a chance to come see that and and hang with us and say hi afterwards please do uh you can get tickets at sfsketchfest.com. And uh, that's it. I, uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. Mike is really like that's a very specific term and it really is I feel like that happened the worst part is have you done a lot of live shows I'm recording by the way there's no like fancy intro um have you done many live shows where you really do have to just like get like your mouth has to touch this strange microphone that you is you did not bring with you close enough at the points where it's like yeah Hi. Who breathed on this last? And also, too, it's like you never know with a mic. Yeah. So you're like, oh, maybe this one's sensitive, so I have to oh, go yeah. in. And you're like, yeah. oh, maybe Yeah, not. maybe everyone <laughs> hates my voice as much as I now do because of the incredible sound that I just made everyone go through. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird... It's so it's it the whole relationship that people have with the sound of their own voices is kind of fascinating. It is because you just, you don't sound like what you sound like in your head. Yeah. So you're like, ah. Can you imagine being, yeah, like one of the first people when when recording was invented? Right. It must have, I mean, you can, Jarring. so many things. You, you were like, oh, I understand why people thought that was the devil's work. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because that really would be like weird, a spiritual, like existential crisis to hear what your voice sounds like to the rest of the world. Yeah. And then I'm sure there were some people who were like, listen, I'm in love with myself. This is and wonderful. I listen to it all the time because they don't sound enough like me to yeah. have it be weird. Yeah, but it's, it's like I'm listening like, to my mm-hmm. my cool twin who has a cooler <laughs> exactly. voice than me. No, you have a good voice, though. You don't yeah. have like a... I get that a I lot. Know. I don't... Yeah. I like the way it sounds in my head. I don't like listening to yeah. it. Yeah. It's weird. I wish I could... I wonder what it sounds like. What if to you it sounded like, really high pitched? Oh and, God, um, 
you imagine? People will be that's like, how you, you hear your own voice. voice. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, I find myself being more of a twi- like a tweeting bird, like a <laughs> oh no, like a sparrow. Yeah. Have you always had a, a, a sort Since of a deeper, raspier voice? Yeah. When I used to pick up the phone. Like, oh, people probably kid, thought you were an adult. They would be like, Ellen, now it's the seven-year-olds. That's so funny. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Back and forth between here and New York. Okay. My mom's in the business. She's a costume designer. So right she moved us out here when I was six. Yeah. And then I Who's us? Back and forth. Me, her, her, you and, her. and my nanny at the time. My nanny yeah. kind of like really raised me. Yeah. Um, so. So you're an only child. Only child. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, the back and forth is always so fun. weird too because like. As a kid, I didn't mind it. Yeah. I knew how to like entertain myself, but I found like now in the last couple of years, I've been like, I, to have an adult sibling yeah. would be really kind of nice. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I have zero interest in it whatsoever as a young person. Yeah. But now when I look around at my friends who have great relationships with their, and their aunts, you know, the, I'm an yeah. aunt, I'm an aunt, you know, like I, I definitely am like, oh, I'll never... I guess I'll never be an aunt. Yeah, exactly. That's just not in the cards for me. I mean, unless it's like through marriage or whatever, but that's not, there's no sort of. It's all the like close friends thing. Like my mom, my mom's best friend of like 40 years. She's essentially my aunt. She's. Yeah. My parents both have siblings, but I'm closer with my godmother than. And so her son is really like the closest thing I have to a brother. Yeah. I always used to call her Aunt Helen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's my aunt uncle yeah. family yeah and if i but like the way that she has i've noticed that like i have those relationships now so like one of my best friends literally three o'clock in the morning had a baby yeah and just right now today. three o'clock in yes. the morning. oh my yes. gosh mazel um, tov and hey. i'm just you know they're facetiming me and going like meet your aunt lily today and i'm like Ooh. aunt lily sounds good feels like good it. sounds real good it yeah. works for me yeah that's great um it's so true. It really is like a, cause I knew other only children, you know, some of them do have that like, oh, I just longed for a sibling or, yeah. or, or like us where you're like, no, that wasn't no, like part that of the, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, it's so hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. 100%. You know, especially as a, as a kid, you're just like, I don't, my only understanding of siblings is other people. I can't even con- like, Not. it which confounds me to imagine someone who sort of looks like me yeah. and like, I, <laughs> It's just it's totally weird. It's weird. Thing. Totally weird. Um, and so when you were in high school, were you more stationed in one I place? I was, was more, more stationed here because I went to school here right um, from first grade through. Yeah. Um, but every vacation, like President's Day weekend, summer break, whatever it was, back East Coast. Yeah. And then hopped straight back there after high school and never thought I'd come back here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... About 10 years ago, came back here, and now I'm in the process of moving back there. Oh, you, I think oh, I've really? been yeah. being back and forth my whole life. Like, yeah. I don't see it ever really stopping. That makes sense. So, whatever. And there are definitely people who sort of wish that they had a reason to kind of be back yeah. and forth in that way with those two cities. But, of course, they yeah. happen to also be, like, the two furthest big cities exactly. from like, one another in the world. But that's what it became for me. Like, I'll just get on a plane. For me, it's like, oh, let's get in the car and drive to Santa Barbara. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. do road trips as a kid. It was get on a plane yeah. across country. Fair. And were you flying alone a lot oh, when you were yeah. little? I was the one with, like, you know, the flight attendant uh-huh. and the plastic <laughs> thing hanging from my neck. Uh, uh, yeah. There was something very specific about that that does sort of acquaint you with the world 
in a different way. Flying alone as a oh, kid, oh, I think yeah. is like a real specific, doesn't mean you grow up fast in every other way, but there is something very specific about I was that. Like 35 at eight. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had the voice for it too. It Everyone's just it. like. And then people looked at me and they're like, oh, it's a I see, bit. I see. You're just a tiny lady, <laughs> exactly. tiny lady. Well, and two, there's so much about I mean, it's a classic New York, L.A. situation. I feel I say this about San Francisco and L.A. too, which is what's great about one doesn't exist in the other kind of and vice versa. So you You sort of don't have your, you know, and and some people feel that one city is like, oh, it's perfect. You know, this is my perfect city. And I don't necessarily feel that way about L.A. I mean, I don't feel that way about L.A., but I also don't have a city out there that I'm like, that's the perfect one for me. You know, so and do you have friends who I mean, because you you went back and forth all through your life. So you're not the person you're not the transplant that like New Yorkers look at when they lose their friend to L.A. and go like you betrayed us. What are you doing? No, I was not that they because the friendships that I still have, like my, you know, childhood friends on the East Coast are all my camp friends. Oh, sure. I went to Super Jew Camp, you know, like upstate New York. It I'm very envious. Camp. Yeah. And those, it was a day camp, like, a, so it wasn't a sleepaway wasn't camp? It was a sleepaway camp. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, they called it a day camp as complete as a sleepaway. <laughs> that was their tagline. Why waste your time sleeping in this wonderful place? What a waste. But it was, like, perfect because, you know, when I first started going back, at six, seven, it was like, what do you do with the kid all summer? But I'm there to spend time with my dad. Right. So it was perfect. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise you really would just be gone to him too. Exactly. So the friendships I made there, like I still have a core group of friends that are still in New York and, you know, they're all married now and having babies and stuff. And so it's like my New York friends there. And then, you know, I have like some college friends there and stuff like that. But growing up, I lived, I wasn't like in Beverly Hills proper, Yeah, my address was Beverly Hills. Oh yeah, so one of those, I gotta love that. a 90210 zip code. Yeah. So, you know, when the summer would end and everybody's, you know, doing addresses, so we write to each other, yeah. you know, old flail like, mail, they'd be like, Beverly Hills 90210, oh, I know where Brandon that is, yeah. <laughs> and like, that was my life every yeah. summer. So it was like the opposite yeah. of the, you know, you're betraying us and going to right, LA. Right, like, right, right. Ooh, hello. Say hi to all those fancy rich folks. Exactly. Yeah. That's so funny too, because isn't that sort of the premise of Brenda and Brandon is that they were, the they were like, yeah, and they were, and they were like, yes, we have the zip code, but these are all of our fancy exactly. rich friends. How much of the, um, the business were you exposed to because of your mom? Would oh. she take you to sets and all that kind of I stuff? Yeah. 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 I a hundred percent grew up on set. I, from the moment I understood the concept of you have to be quiet right now, or you have to like not be running around like a crazy child. Sure. You know, I was there all the time. Yeah. Crafty what people kind and of, I were always really close. <laughs> that's a, well, it becomes kind of a fun novel thing if you're, if you're a good kid to the, to the cast and crew too. It's fun oh, to have yeah. like a cute kid hanging around, you know? Yeah. So, and it's part of why I think I was 35 and 8. <laughs> uh, that's exactly where I was going with it. I was like, well, yeah, anytime you're in this kind of weird, especially our showbiz world, which is like, I mean, I perhaps there is a v- version of this that I'm not as familiar with because this is the world that I became acquainted with. But mm-hmm. how many other places are you essentially a peer of someone, <laughs> yeah. no matter how old you are? Yeah. It's like you're only, a peer. You can yeah. be... A, a, 
or or that like the sort of structure of the like how fucked up the structure of power is to where you can be 20 and be the boss and be (laughs) 47 and be like 50 notches down because you're a you know you're a gaff you're an assistant gaffer and people are mean to you because they you know could bully Mm -hmm. you or whatever it's just so absurd so age just becomes let me talk about yeah. yeah For for a business where everyone is like, oh my god, age is the you know for acting and like oh it's such an ageist economy. It, it, I'm not saying that's not true, but at the same time, it's pretty impressive how much there is just sort of like I don't know. Everybody. Like I never know how much how old anyone is anymore. I have no. no sense of it. I just don't know. No, you just can go. Well, they kind of look like they could probably be late 40s, which more than likely means they're early 50s. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's all, who knows? I think I'm, I think that you're making better estimates than I am because I feel like I'm living in the world of like, I, listen, I thought she was 30. Sure, out she was 18. I thought she, I thought he was like 57. Turned out he was 30. Like I'm really, I, mine is, no, I think a little pretty, out of control. Well, especially with the like younger because you have like, so many actors who were so young and then they've been around for so long that yeah. you're like, how old are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, were you attracted to the sort of costume, wardrobe, like prop, like the sort of world building it. of it? I like the creative. So I was always, and especially like, only when I was growing up, she did a lot of, she's only just really started to have the opportunities to branch out as I've been an adult. So she did a lot of contemporary stuff when I was growing up. That was so my, yeah, I was going to say like, what kind of, what kind of clothes? It was a lot of, of like, I spent a lot of time in Barney's and Neiman's and yeah. stuff like that. And that was totally fine too. But it also <laughs> created this really expensive taste. It's like, <laughs> it's like I have this weird way of, you could lay Isn't out like 10 funny? white t-shirts yeah. and the one I pick out is like the $70. Uh-huh. Um, but there would be times where she would either get like the one-off like really fantastical kind of thing and so I'd be like oh sparkly things and the this or that and being in the costume houses so like her office would always be in one of the big costume houses so there was always multiple things going on there yeah you probably were looking at all the other stuff going like why isn't she getting to do these like Like, Elizabethan like beautiful yeah um but I always liked it, but I was fascinated by the actors because they became different people and they did different things. And it was like one day they were a lawyer, one day they were a doctor. And it was that that really kind of fascinated me more. It was the, I, as a kid, was so interested in so many different things. I didn't like have that one thing I was zoned in on. So it was like, oh, there's actually a way to live your life and do all these different things. And it's called being an actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh, what's this? And I really like, I zoned in on that pretty quickly mm-hmm. as a kid. And my mom was really supportive, but she was also in the business. She saw what happened to, in a different, you know, yeah. And she was like, you can absolutely, but you're going to go to high school and you're going to finish and you're going to go to college and you're going to like, you can study it in college, yeah. but you have to, she let me audition for a couple things as a kid. Um, one I went decently far on and they, because like her friends were involved in stuff and they were like, if we wanted her for this, would you let her do it? And she was like, no. (laughs) So, so, you know, those, but, but it was nice. And then my school had a great performing arts program. What school was it? Buckley. Mm -hmm. It's in Sherman Oaks. Um, and 
they did two shows a year and you were allowed to start auditioning when you were in sixth grade. So I just started auditioning and I kind of found my world there. And then that's when I realized that theater was like the thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then um, I think it was 10th grade. They finally made me go, you cannot be on the soccer team and audition for the plays at the same time you have to pick. Yeah. And I went, Ugh. Yeah. And so then I went, well, am I going to become Mia Ham? Probably not. Uh-huh. So let's go. <laughs> am I going to play Mia Ham? Possibly. <laughs> and now I have the skill set. There you go. Um, but yeah, so that's when I kind of like zoned in. And then I went, okay, I don't love academics. I want to do this. I'm going to go to school and study this. Mm. And I'm going to go do theater for the rest of my life. And that's what I'm going to do. And it was <laughs> really like, wait a second you don't want to go to the four-year university and you don't want to, I was like, no, I'm going to go to a conservatory and not spend all that money. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I moved back to New York and thought I was just going to be in the theater for the rest of my life. And then, you know, realized the way the world works and just been trying to get back there. But yeah, found a whole other side of things that I was like, oh, there's something to film and television. Because sure. I always was kind of like, when I realized what the difference was for an actor and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, it's fun, like, with what my mom does because she's doing something else. But, like, as an actor on that side, you have to stop and start, and I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get that. I think so. I – I don't know that I had a strong enough sense of what anything over on this end of the world would look like. And, be, you know, when you're little, especially, like, for me being from Arizona, my only options really were – getting on a stage in school you know that was sort of it and um and these guys know I didn't like I didn't do anything outside of that even there were little things here and there like and then I did I remember going to school with a kid who was on this Nickelodeon show that shot um out in somewhere on a ranch in Tucson that was called the show was called Hey Dude oh I watched Hey Dude okay oh so the kid that was on that show Josh was the in the same uh year as me or he was older I can't remember but they shot it in Tucson. Stop it. Mm-hmm. And I remember having that feeling of like, it was that feeling of, it's not that I felt I was like more deserving or better or like that I've sort of thought my, myself different than any other kid who was in theater, but he wasn't in theater. Right. He was just a kid who was on a TV show. And meanwhile, I was going to this performing arts um, middle school. And I think he did do some musical theater stuff, but it just, in my mind, I had this sort of sense of like the performers <laughs> of the school. And I wanted to be like them. Cause especially like the kids who were older than me, I really looked up to. Yeah. And, and so there was this sense of like, Oh, I guess the TV thing must just be different because I don't associate him as being like this amazing performer. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I'm looking at these kids doing musical theater and dance and you know, cause that like, seemed real. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just was like, Oh, I don't know. Like it just <laughs> didn't, I sort of disconnected from that. And so I did think of the, but now that it's been so long since I've done live shows in that way. I mean, I love doing improv and stuff, but that's totally different yeah. that now I've reversed myself and I'm like, Ooh, same show six days a week. That sounds really tiring and like the same words, huh? Yeah. Every night. Like I've sort of disconnected with that, even though that's what I thought I would end up doing when I, you know, allowed myself to imagine it's being an so actor. It's weird. Cause it's like every, each side of it gives you something else. Yeah. You know, like you have like, there was one time that I booked two guest stars back to back. 
And I was like, this is awesome. I literally got to go from one week doing this to the other week doing this. Yeah. And that was so cool to me. Yeah, understood. And that's when I was like, this was the idea behind why film and television was cool. You get to kind of like change it up constantly yes. and you know, whatever. But there's still, I mean, theater is my heart and soul. So like someone says to me, okay, we need you to go do this, you know, eight days a week and you know, six months I'm like please yes where do I sign up cool yeah yeah (laughs) it's just it all gives you something else it is it is and it's true and I think there's yeah I'm I'm getting a little taste of that when I'm doing live shows and and sort of coming off stage going like oh yeah the audience is a part is they're participating so it's different every time because even if they're not it's not like people are heckling it's just a matter of like what are people reacting to what does the energy of the room feel like that sort of ephemeral thing that um you know if you're a creative and you love doing that stuff then you're going to pick up on that more maybe than someone who isn't and it does feel like you're sort of it's like oh this is proof that there is an energy yeah that exists in a group of people and it's awesome because you do that's where you get the even though i'm doing the same thing for six months on end it's different it's alive it's alive yeah I, i maybe that's something that i'll try to get back into at some point i don't know but that also i also i'm like intimidated by like the lifestyle of new york i love visiting there i've worked there for a couple i'll be like i was working there for three weeks or whatever at the end of three weeks i'm like i am i am hyper stimulated (laughs) like there's just everything all the time is like alive and it's you know it's like it's a personality thing i think it's like where you find your fit based off your personality. Yeah. I'm very New York because I like that stimulated environment to like keep me. Otherwise I will fall into being on the couch and yeah. I will not move. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it can always be different and I thrive on that. I get but it. it's also like you find your place in wherever you are. And that's what really kind of makes it like, I've never actually liked LA, the city, mm-hmm. but over the last 10 years as an adult, I've found what works for me here. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with the people that I've found. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And that's the another thing that I think has become so clear to me living here for now as long as I have, which is just the incredible amount of diversity in mm-hmm. culture. And, you know, I think people, sometimes they sort of assume like, okay, well, I understand that there's a whole other series of worlds that are not related to show business. Yeah. But then there's like, Hollywood. And it's like, no, even within that, there's a thousand different ways you can engage with the people that you choose to hang out with and like what that side of the world looks like. It's a very different experience, like eating lunch in Century City, you know, (laughs) next to CAA or whatever, versus like being in Silver Lake and like a cafe with people Uh, sitting with their laptops, you know, and all of those things have to coexist, I guess, for it to be, you know, an economy and actual business. But it's cool. So different. Yeah. Did you, uh, what were, so you loved soccer and then you had to give up yes, soccer I was, more I or was, less. What were the I other things you were talking about that you were interested in? I just, I, I was definitely an athlete. I loved it. I danced. Um, but I was, I was fickle. Like that was part of my problem was that, you know, I'd get bored with something after yeah. a while. Like, oh, it's the same thing. What's, what's new and what's next? Sure. Um, so I really, I really did start zeroing in once like middle and high school kind of came around. Um, but I was, I, I liked what I liked academically and I didn't like, you know, it was like, it's the tale of, of 
transcripts, you know, like I, yeah. I was cleaning out a bunch of stuff and I <laughs> found like, well, some of my transcripts and I was like, oh my God, I did not <laughs> care. But it's also like, you know, like I hated math and I had this great math teacher for a couple of years who I still keep in contact with. And like, you could tell there were moments in that time where like, I gave a shit. And so it makes all the difference with a subject yeah. like that to me too. So all like I found a lot of I mean, you know, we've had our little performing arts worlds, you know, we had our our the school was not big. It's not like this massive like clicky, you know. Yeah. I kind of jumped around at lunch and was like at every different table because I had different groups of friends from different interests yeah. and stuff. But um but it was like I really played sports because it gave me something to do that was school related, but wasn't school. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was a little, little kid, I was in a group called Indian Princesses that's probably been Hello. Dis- <laughs> been disbanded because I'm sure it's what not if I was like me too. Correct. Wait, hold on. What? How? What? Let's back up. It was Indian Princesses and Indian Guides, and it was basically like the other um option than like girl scouts and brownies oh okay you know it was one of those types of things okay but it was like a dads and daughters thing got it so, so wait so did you say indian princesses and, and indian, indian guys. guys so it got was it. that was the fathers and sons one and gotcha. so like there were i love a couple that it's princesses our... and then just guys it's oh not... no, no no guys oh guys <laughs> i mean it might the girls as well are princesses <laughs> And, and the guys, guys are just guys. guys. <laughs> I mean, it might as well. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> but we had a couple girls whose older brothers were the same age, and so they were in guides. So we used to like when we do a weekend trip and we'd go up to Big Bear or something, we'd go as a massive group because it was the dads with the daughters on one side and the sons on the other, and um, and so it was something for me to be engaged with with father figures. So like. Even though the weekly meetings, my dad wasn't here. If we had a trip to Big Bear or to Palm Springs mm-hmm. or something like that, he would fly out and we'd do this thing, whatever. So I can't believe I've never heard of was I'm that sure universally been, was, across like know, L- other it, states it was, and stuff. It was through the Y, I think. Mm. So I don't know really where because I think we did it until we were maybe like ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and it was so it was. So it was essentially, were you getting like patches? I mean, yeah, I was. Totally, I also was not a Girl Scout, got, so I don't know. You got what. patches, but they were like different types of patches. Like when we'd go to like our meetings, it would be like craft projects and stuff like that. But we'd wear like vests we made with like headbands. <laughs> so incorrect. Um, and, um, you know, but we, I guess it was like the tomboy version of Girl Scouts because we did a lot more active stuff and we did a lot more like making a fire and you know well, you like were the, savages it's so fucked up but it's and it's it's so sad because it's is it, I'm not making an excuse for anything that was not PC then I I get it and there's no part of me that's like comfort I mean I have very very strong passionate feelings about what has happened to our native peoples and it was like yeah. if I could have minored in something in college which I couldn't because I was a theater major so it was like <laughs> that it was like uh-uh your whole world is this sorry yeah. you can't major in this no. and have a minor but I took as many like native people studies and American Indian yeah. studies and I interned at like the American Indian Film Institute and all this but there I, I like it's it just it's it sort of chews me up because yeah. at the same time it's like oh gosh that's 
Like, I get it. I get why that would be more appealing than being a Girl Scout. I get why that would, there would be some innocent, not like, like, like well-intentioned appeal well, of like, I want to live more like these people. Right. And that's what I want to mimic. so much, like, you know, we have gone into that, like, super heavy PC mode, but this, like, and it, I could be totally wrong and have a completely wrong memory of it, but it was more of the education of it. Like there was no making fun of anything. This right. was purely like we learned, we learned what totems were and we learned, you know, it, it, I'm sure I would love it. Frankly, I'm sure and I would have loved it. It was all, and it just happened to be like, this is the thing that we're doing and it's being based off of, you know, and making beads and like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it couldn't exist in today's world, but yeah. what it was then and whatever it was, early 90s, yeah. like it was it was educational and it was fun and it, it got you to learn about something in a really fun, engaging way. Sure. And, you know, so there was that <laughs> for a good couple years of my life. And then soccer, I always feel, I have uh, – I mean, I'm not I'm not a sports uh, spectator anyway, and it's not even like I don't I, I have sort of met, I don't like football. Like I know I don't like football. I sort of have gone down the road. I'm like I don't like what it does to you. I don't like a lot of the culture that has to do with it in terms of you know just yeah. like there's been some issues through time of like what men have done to women and each other. Like there's just stuff yeah. in there that's kind of messy. Not to say that professional basketball is like any better, but there, <laughs> there for whatever reason, there are certain sports that appeal to me more. I feel like I could totally become like a rabid fan of something if I had time and allowed right. myself to do it. I, so I don't sort of turn my nose up, but, um, but soccer is definitely one of those sports that as a person watching other people play and having played minimal amounts of it in junior high, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, that isn't like, you have to be super athletic because you're just running back and forth just for hours for hours and it's hours, just at, and a sprint, hours and hours. at a sprint <clears throat> it was definitely because i did outside of school soccer and i did in school soccer and it was i've definitely like you know friends of mine and i will be like yeah let's go play soccer or something like that and i'm like oh let's kick it around God, yeah yeah i'm dying yeah it's been five minutes <laughs> it's hard how did i do this that often yeah. and that hard for that many years. Like, seriously, I, I got to get back into like 14 year old yeah. or something. <laughs> That's but, what you need to do. I mean, towards the end, I was definitely doing it for the donuts afterwards. <laughs> I used to, I used to, so like, you know, you know the story of the pink boxes yeah. in LA? Wait, so, do I? Or I just think of that as being a pastry box, I guess. It's, t- but it's a very LA thing. I actually okay. saw there's an article. It's within the last year. It was in the LA Times, and it was about the origin of the pink box. Oh, interesting. And it was a really interesting thing, <clears throat> and it started in, like, the 50s, I want to say. That sounds right, because that and pastel it, pink was real big, big in, the in the 50s. Um, but so, But the pink box is a very regional thing, so... We had our soccer field in high school was at the... We had this huge campus that was tucked away in the hills, and the field was up at the top of the campus. So when someone was coming to the field, you could kind of, if you were looking out, you could kind of see them from the I love where this is going. And I used to, towards the end of my uh, illustrious high school soccer Uh career, I played goalie. And so I wasn't running as much anymore. And 
I had, you know, more time to like, my eyes were peeled and I wasn't on one specific thing and I could see that pink box <laughs> coming from like the moment they came uh, over the crest of the sure. hill. I was like, donuts, the yeah. game's almost over, yes. <laughs> so, Listen, if that gives you that extra a, boost of energy to be excited about the fact that it's on its way. The fact that, that we're like running really around like crazy and yeah. then annihilating a box yeah, of glazed donuts. Yeah, how good does sugar like, and carbs taste after uh, you've just like exhausted yourself? It was amazing. What were you, what, did you have like your donut that you were like, glazed. nobody, <laughs> glazed still to this day. Number one with I, a bullet. Look, I love donuts. I will eat basically any of them, but just give me a glazed donut. Yeah. That's it. I I was a Dunkin' Donuts kid. And now that you, you're saying this about the pink box, it's like, oh, wait, I've lived in California so long. I think I've forgotten whether or not there were ever, there was always a pink box in there. Like now that I'm thinking, about it, I was like, oh, no, that was like a Dunkin' Donuts situation, yeah. which is a very specific box life. that has, you know. And that was, for me, that was like a big deal. It was like every other weekend, maybe my dad, mm, that, I'm, that might be wishful thinking. I don't know if it was that often, but he would <laughs> take me to Dunkin' Donuts, especially if I had like my friend who slept over the night before or whatever, we would get to pick out our two donuts that we wanted. And mine was definitely like the devil's food, like the chocolate glaze. Oh, like it's the like cake. Cakey. Yeah, yeah cake yeah. without like perfect amount of glaze on the top. It's sort of the frosting, not the, not the sheer, but the kind of matte yeah. glaze. <laughs> And my friend, I can't remember if I told some podcast before, but my friend Allison and I um, would like, we started doing this thing where we would hide pieces of our donuts so that the other person would finish. And then you, I mean, what a horrible thing to do. And then you're like, oh, I wish there were more. And then, and then you would be like, anyway, oh, I is. still have this half. I totally fooled you just so you could eat it in front of someone else and make them feel like garbage. Like, what is that? That's terrible. And that entertain us for hours. And that would be it. That would be like, I gotcha. And then you'd just be laughing about it forever. Those days were simpler. Those days. I do like a glazed. I really like a glazed. I also was very, because I got my Dunkin' fix when I got to the East Coast, I was big into the munchkins. Oh yeah, munchkins. I mean, yeah, a, getting a, a box of a munchkins cinnamon done. Sugar, yeah, the powdered cinnamon oh, yeah. sugar munchkin was. Yeah, they really intense. got something there. Yeah, munchkins are really good. No, that's you're you're right because my dad sometimes would get a little box of twelve munchkins, and, had, like, and then the, you get a little, little taste of everything. <laughs> the little box that like looked like a house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like donuts. What do you want? <laughs> You know what you just saying that made me think of um, gingerbread houses because that's always a thing. I feel like my entire life, every year, I'll be like, oh, I want to build a gingerbread house and I don't think I ever have. Have you ever and built a gingerbread house? I have built a gingerbread house highly unsuccessfully. <laughs> Did it just collapse? Basically. I mean, you kind of... I like to eat and I'm kind yeah, of like... Me too. I don't. I don't have any sort of pickiness if candy's there i'm gonna eat the candy yeah and if it's you know carrot stick i'll eat the carrot stick whatever if yeah. it's there i'm gonna eat it yeah um so while building gingerbread <laughs> houses it's a little tough because especially you get all that like old school candy that you don't really see yeah. anymore. so you get like the yeah. sugar gumdrops mm-hmm. and you get those little like cinnamon the little um, red dots. hot kind of thing yeah they're called you know, like, yeah so i eat a lot of it yeah. during the process but um like one of my friends of mine over the last couple of years she's definitely been like it's gingerbread house building time mm-hmm. um so that's what i need i need a friend who is the person who was going to do it, it yeah it's been unsuccessful okay. it's di- i think that you have to get like you can't get the kit 
because the yeah. kit has all the cheap stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't really stick all that well. And it well doesn't and feel as like personal because then you're like, oh, I'm just following this thing yeah. that I'm supposed to, yeah. So I think like, I've definitely spent a decent amount of time in Michael's and they have like a section that has different pieces. So oh, you get the separate nice. icing and you get this. I of bet course they do. Of course they, they do. Everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah. I actually just, my mother and I were just on a um, ship passing on the Queen Mary from New York to London. Um, and it was an experience. How was that? Was that that's a long it, time. It, it, How long did it, that take? It was a week. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a rough I could week. tell you wish you were long. It was longer. I could tell I, you wish it was three I weeks I wish long. I was still on it. Uh, it was rough. But How big is the Queen Mary? It's enormous. Okay. It's, there were, including crew, they said there was like, it was about 3,500 people. Okay. And it does not feel crowded. Yeah, yeah. It's like a floating city, basically. Yeah. But they, it's Christmas time. So, like, they started putting up the tree on that passage and, like, stuff like that. They had a gingerbread neighborhood. Oh, see, that's great. That was set up. It was the coolest yeah. thing I've ever seen. And I'm just looking at it. It's like when you see those um, sandcastle competitions. Yeah. And you're just oh, like, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. How do you do that? Will you teach me? Yeah, I know. It's weird. When someone else does something, especially when it's artsy or craftsy like that, the for for like the five minutes that you're looking at, I'm sure this is true for many people, but for the five minutes that I'm looking at something, I'm like, I guess this is my new passion. I guess I'm going to stop everything I'm <laughs> doing and I'm going to become a genius at sandcastles. And then like someone's like, hey, over here. And you're like, what? what? And then you just forget that you ever felt <laughs> that way. This thing from Up. This is the dog from Up. Squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, they used to have a, in, in when I would go up to see my grandparents in Phoenix um, at Christmas time, I, I don't, I guess it was like, Unless I'm conflating different memories and just turning them all into one place, I think the Phoenix Art Museum, for some reason, had, like, a, a yearly gingerbread display oh. thing. And it was like that, where you're just, like, going from, like, gingerbread castle to gingerbread neighborhood to gingerbread farmhouse. And the smell, it was oh, all real, so, so it just smelled so Christmassy. And I think I remember making a gingerbread house like one, like in fourth grade, for some reason, someone thought it was a good idea for to give fourth graders the materials. Oh, and it was the same it. thing. It was like, I just ate till I was sick. And then I was so sick, I didn't have the energy to put anything together. Because <laughs> I was just waiting for the sickness to go away so I could start eating again. Like that was my my main experience building, yeah. building stuff like that. I still do that. In Martha, well, I, I appreciate your honesty, and I could get right on board for it. Mar there was a Martha Stewart living. Um, for this last one, they they had put together this like a darling chalet, where you know, of course, you have to like bake your own. It's not. It wasn't even. I don't yeah. know. If it was gingerbread. It was just like anyway. Here's the ingredients to make this. The walls of this thing. So I mean, it was everything. It seemed like it was from That's scratch. A week long. It was yeah. It was real it's cute. The thing you see in line at the grocery store, and you're just like, oh, I could do that over the holidays. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great and, and then, then it's like what it is, you're like uh, maybe not and you're like oh nope that passed i was two <laughs> steps away from the magazine and i forgot about it Oops, sorry did you spend christmas in new york more often than la when you were a teenager more often i would go yeah i would go to east for the holidays at least as i got older you know and you had the friends that you didn't want to leave and stuff like that. I think I split vacations more. So I think I would like go for a week instead of two weeks. Um, Certainly more Christmassy there in terms of the wintry weather. And, and it's funny York because, and I mean, not that we're religious, but I'm Jewish. I grew up, we had a Christmas tree once 
because we just it's the holiday thing yeah you know like it's just i love the holidays i love the feeling around it i love the decorations yeah i love everything yeah and i should say i don't mean to be presumptuous and, it's just oh, all no, no, my no, all no, my no. friends growing up were jewish and still it was like christmas this christmas that it's like because i'm i don't have an association with jesus you know what i mean yeah, it's just it's like just, here's what we're doing everybody yeah it's this season and especially christmas is easier because it's like it's one day yeah yeah <laughs> you're gearing towards one specific uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah the holidays in new york are my favorite it's just they really do it out. They do a nice and job. And it just, you can feel it in the air. Yeah. It just, something feels like magic. Yeah. And it's, I know that it sometimes like sounds juvenile or whatever it is, but it's like when you give over to that feeling of just, it's a magical time of year. And it's on, on the ship, there was a movie theater and they showed a newer movie, like things that are out now, but the last night they showed Love Actually, oh, which I watch yeah. every year I know, anyway. It's such a good but one. I don't think I'd seen it on the big screen since it came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and watching it, and I was completely retaken over by that like magic Christmas feeling. Yeah. And it's just like, it's that. It's that feeling. The feeling that Love Actually gives you. I agree. It just, I like to live in it. I choose to live in it. I at agree. The holiday season. Okay, this is very exciting because I already feel like I'm getting some great ideas for where we're going to go with this MASH game. Um, let me ask you uh, uh, this, not to pry too much, but mm-hmm. as as a teenager, were you like dating? Were you kind of too busy for it? Were you confused by it? What was it like for you? I was, I had a pretty long ugly duckling phase. I was also such a tomboy that I was everybody's friend. So... By the time I kind of like came into my own, I was already everybody's friend, so nobody like looked at me <laughs> like that. Um, one of my still, I don't, I have a lot of old friends that I still keep in contact with, and we'll see each other every so often. But they're the few that I grew up with that yeah. are still very close friends. Yeah, and one of them, he, <laughs> he probably means me so embarrassed. <laughs> He's one of my best friends in the world. And when we were in high school, I had a big crush on him. We dated for like a hot minute in seventh grade when he first uh-huh. came to school. Because um, he didn't know any better. I was just uh-huh. a little like tomboy and he didn't know me. You scooped him um, right up. So we dated for two weeks. Um, and Dated. I love and, it. Yes. Two weeks. It was long. When I was dating um, in junior high, I was like barely holding hands with someone. I can't yeah, even remember what that was. It, that's basically what it was. I had like him in seventh grade and that was kind of it until, you know, college. Uh-huh. But um but then in like high school, I had such a crush on him and well, no, we're such good friends and and it was that yeah. forever. And then of course outgrew it and he became one of my best friends. But um it was it was that. That was kind of my theme. And so if I had a crush on somebody, everybody knew it. Uh-huh. But nothing was reciprocated. <laughs> There's one yearbook that everybody mentioned this guy's name in the end of your signing. Oh, because right. Because yep, everybody yep, yep, yep. knew I had a crush yes, on him. Yes, And then he got to oh, it. Oh, no. And his, I will never. <laughs> 
<laughs> did you? It, it was not. This, and this is not your friend. This is a different no, one. No, they had a crush on. And did you? Had you read the stuff? Did you know oh, that? Oh, I like, knew what everybody. I was like, and then stop he, writing about. It. I'm sorry. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. signed it yet. He hasn't signed. It. He eventually oh, gets no. to it. It says in that yearbook from 1997. I love how I found my name in all the entries. Oh no. Oh it was boy! That, like, but that was my—that was yeah. the story of my life. Yeah. Um, so, even though I was goo goo gaga crush girl, I was not dating girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then as I started to come into my own, and it was like, oh, Lily's dateable. She's not ugly duckling. She's right. not like you know a boy. Um, even though I. Still remained a boy. <laughs> um, it was more because we had such a small school, and all the private schools are really kind of small mm-hmm. here. Everybody knows each other from all the other. And like ones. you said, it is there so. is something familial about growing oh, up with someone. It yeah. becomes like, oh, I can't not look at you and see the five year old or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So when you started becoming friends and like going to parties where everybody from other schools, and that's when I kind of started like yeah. meeting other guys. Yeah. So there was like. I mean, I want to say dating. It was like high school hookups, whatever right, you right. want to like. You yeah. Know. Um, but I don't. I didn't really like date date until college. Yeah. And after college, that energy at a high school party when like there's booze and drugs, or if there isn't even, but just the energy of the unknown and the vulnerability yeah. of the person who's a friend of a friend. Like I have so many memories of being someplace and someone I don't know being amongst a bunch of people mm-hmm. that I did. And just this like that prickly like feeling of like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? What's going on? Like who is it's this person? So, and, like, and, new and it feels so important. It feels so, it's so it's electric. The important. <laughs> it's the most important. It's really, really electric and it's so specific. And I think that's, I think there's something about that, that people like, even as you get older, it's hard not to want that. Oh. And that's one of the big problems with monogamy is I think like you remember when you were 16 and your yeah. hormones were going crazy and every like the possibility like Joni Mitchell has a line in one of her songs that's like with just a touch of your fingers you could make your circuitry explode. And I think that's what you It's 100% you, it, it's, what it was. It's hard to walk away from like even as an adult if you start looking backwards you're like, "Whoa, where's that feeling where I'm like you kind of want to throw up." And then you're like, "Well, I don't know if that's that great." Like, "Wait a minute, hold on. Let's take that rest of it when you know how shattered you, you are when someone snubs you run through your yeah. body and you're just like ugh, ugh. it's so specific it really is we did it we had it and actors get very confused when they have to play roles opposite other people who also liked that feeling because then you're sort of creating this new high school world right it's like oh we picked a job where we're constantly being thrown into intense new situations with some people we don't know and a ton of people we do know and like or vice versa and how what that whole it's, chemistry of a group like that energy like you were saying that energy I think of a group that's part of why I've taken to it so well like I'm that person at work where like I don't sit in my trailer yeah I am there I am making friends like when I used to just be doing all the like guest stars and stuff, I'd be around all week and and I would get such bad postpartum when the job oh, was over. Oh, me too. And, and it was purely oh, that I whole get like it. because you do like anybody who's been in this business in any job, you become a family instantly. Yeah. 
and to walk away from that. And I like that that, because I think too, because I was so, I definitely blocked out a lot of high school. Uh Like a lot of it. You know, I'd still have my friends who'd be like, you remember this? I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And I don't have a bad memory. Uh So I know that it's just me having blocked out things that do not have good memories. But I think that there's a part of me that's like, now that I understand who I am and I'm comfortable in who I am, I'm trying to recreate, or if I'm given the opportunity to recreate that type of relationship, yeah, I'm jumping on it. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, oh, it's the best version of this now. Totally. Totally. It's Where do so you guys fun. shoot happy? Where do you guys shoot your sci-fi shoot show? in New York. I was going to ask. I yes. sort of assumed so, and then I realized was, I didn't know why I was assuming it was, that, but we're very lucky because it's like you can fake certain New York yeah but you can't fake that New York yeah and so it's I remember the first job I did in New York and I was so excited because we were shooting on a really busy corner in Brooklyn at this like cafe outside and just like the PAs trying to lock up the corners and the buses going by yeah. and stuff like this. And, you know, keep having to stop and keep having to wait for sound. And there's me with this shit eating grin on my face like, ah, yes. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, I mean, we had the exact same thing on Happy. Like there was one night our poor first AD looked like he was oh, going to have an no. aneurysm. Oh, yeah. That's the job you don't oh, want is God. first AD in and, New York City. Oh, my or, God. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was like one o'clock in the morning on 57th Street, but it was like trash cans and people, like drunk oh, people trying man. to get into their own. Of course. <laughs> and he just course. looked. And I felt for him, but I couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. It's like, it's New York. It's New York. You're like, York. we signed up for this, everybody. Yes. We all signed up yeah. for this. All right. Well, let me get into this mash game with you. I'm very excited about it. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, I got to start with this one because of everything we were talking about with Love Actually, which is three movies that you can jump into on a whim and you're not a character in the movie. You're not recreating it. It's just that world. You're able to just magically walk into that world and just be there whenever you want. Oh my God. (laughs) This is the most high pressure part of the podcast. Oh my God. I wish I was more Shit just got real. It really did. Um, Because that is my problem is like I give myself over like I have friends who are like you watch the worst movies ever this is so unrealistic. This is so, I'm like, suspension of disbelief. 100%. Just get, know what you're watching. Yeah. And so I'm very capable of just living in whatever I'm watching. Yeah. So that's tough. So this is like the best and worst question for you, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I... <sighs> It's also, so let me just say, it's, you understand that the premise of this will then be that like an hour from now, you're like, oh, why didn't I say, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I guess this is the improv part of it where yeah. you put it out there and just make peace with it. But you always do that thing. Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah. Um, let's roll with. <sighs> okay. So my favorite movie is an old movie called Gigi. Uh-huh. So great that great. I would say, because that's like turn of the century Paris. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Um, it's because when you first started saying that, it led me to believe that it was jumping into like 
it doesn't matter where it is in it. You can turn it on and just live. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I have those answers. Um, um, the Santa Claus. Amazing. Uh, we're in amazing. Christmas theme. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, how many do I have to give you? Four. Just right? no. There's three. three. So you have one okay. more. You're two. You're over two thirds of the way through it. Well, you're two thirds of the way through it. <laughs> We, neither one of us likes math. It's okay. I don't. I don't. I mean, do you want to say love actually or no? No. <laughs> that feels like a cop out because we were talking it's about it. It's not a cop out. That's what inspired the question. Okay. I mean, listen, I want you to be unhappy with any of your answers. But... Um, let's Rudy. Oh, great. Great, 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 great. Okay. All right, great. Okay, give me three places in the world uh, that you would like to have a vacation home. doesn't even matter if you've ever been there. It can just be your idea of what it would be like uh, if getting there were not even an issue. So it's like Ooh. magically transport to any place in the world. Oh, no travel. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Right. That's right. Um, actually, I definitely would put one in... Ooh, which... Turks and Caicos. Great. And Aspen. Great. And let's roll with the south of France. Great. Great, 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 great. All right, listen, let's I'm gonna take it easy on on you having to have traveled so much and so frequently and kind of how excited you were when you found out you didn't have to travel to get to these places. So give me three alternate forms of transportation that uh, would make travel more enjoyable for you. And that can mean it takes almost no time at all. It could mean this is the type of way it would be fun to get around. It could be magical. It could be a dragon. It could be anything. I always thought that um, beaming is great was number one. Always. Got it. Star Trek from the wee little ages going. Yes. Yeah. Um... If a train took like two seconds, like if the train didn't, if the train, if a train took the time that like an airplane did. Yeah. Agreed. um, To actually be able to fly. Great. Great, 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 great. Okay, perfect. Okay, we got to get this out of the way. It is a mash game. This is going to be your romantic slash sexy slash husbandy type of partner. Uh, it can be any any character from a book or a movie or TV oh. show. Any era. There's like zero limitations. Wow. Three. <laughs> the best game of really mash I've ever played. <laughs> I just don't want to wind up with the shack. <laughs> <laughs> I do all um, positive, so the shack is really the only bad thing that could possibly happen. You know, some people, I didn't even realize this, but when people are like, you know, but you have to pick one thing that's terrible. I was like, no, you don't. You have only good stuff. No, Ugh. only good stuff. Um, no, because, yeah, some people used to play it where it's they like would have to, fill in the fourth Oh, yeah, yeah, they give you, you a lemon. Exactly. Not me. Let's roll with... Um, I like, I wish I could show people the cute <laughs> things that you're like, did so like a cute My, kick into the air, you touched your nose, and hmm, these are the things, this is I'm trying thinking. to keep myself 
conscious. <laughs> um, shit, uh, You're going to edit out all this air, right? I mean, I may, I may not. So far, it's been very charming air. So it makes my job way oh. easier. She's chewing on her hair a little bit. Michael Corleone. Great. And the first two, obviously. The third doesn't. The third doesn't. Understood. (laughs) One and two. Great, 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 great. Um, Who did I like love as a kid? I know. Those are all so fun, too. That's like. (gasps) You just made me realize that I had a dream about young Michael J. Fox last night. Stop it. Oh, my God. Yeah, like Back to the Future, Family Ties era, Mm. Michael J. Fox. I just remember that when you said that. I cannot believe it. In my dream. In my, we were making out. And in my dream, I said, this is so crazy. I had your picture on my wall when I was like five. <laughs> like it was creepy. Like I, I realized as I was saying like, oh, this is creepy. Because I think it might have been re- like this age me and that age him. It was not like we were both teenagers. It was like, oh, I'm making a reference to my eight-year-old self while I'm kissing a teenage boy. <laughs> But it was definitely Michael J. Fox. I don't know where that came from. It's not like I watched any of that stuff oh recently. Oh, my God. I'm a That's dirty old lady. deep subconscious. I mean. No, but it's, no, because it's you. Because I'll tell you, I did a job a handful of years ago with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And I think Justin Timberlake's incredible and yeah. awesome in every way. But 16-year-old Lily? Right. I yeah. had a moment yeah. where 16-year-old Lily kind of came back in and went, how are you yeah. freaking <laughs> totally. out right totally, now? Totally, totally. And it was like, it was looking at him with cornrows yep. and like that kind of thing. Yep, and yep, it yep. was like dirty old Lily like thing. But it wasn't. No, you're right. You're right. You. Thank you. Thank it's you for you. that. Thank you for that. It's I agree. You. I agree. I feel better Yeah, no. about Mm-mm. making out with, with- <laughs> 18-year-old Michael J. Fox. Okay, I totally, I totally took that over. Who did you like when you were younger? You could, you you don't want to say Justin because now you, he's a real person to you, and I totally get that. To me, Um, was like my thing when I was younger. I had so many. (laughs) I had such a boy crazy phase. I Um, I would say. Circa ninety six, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, great! Sure, hundred yeah. percent. Basketball Diaries, Titanic, Leo. Yeah, not now, Leo. Yeah, different, different. Um, and let's roll with. <laughs> like some like, oh. Yeah, let's go with um let's go with James Bond. Oh, great. Which one? Could be Sh- any Connery, of original Connery. Connery. Great, great. Yeah. I love that you were so sure that that's who you meant that you didn't even have to qualify it by <laughs> saying Daniel Care. <laughs> that's that right there is loyalty to a brand, the Sean Connery brand. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, three uh foods that you can have at the snap of your finger and there's zero negative ramifications <gasps> and you can have it in, as much as you want and I you'll never get sick. I only get three? 
You only get oh, three. So you can go large with your food groups okay. or you can Chinese go very food. specific. Okay, great. Okay, good. Thank God it's large <laughs> with the food groups. Um, okay, Chinese food. Uh, uh, pasta. hard to pick between these last two. I'm very curious about it's, whether there's going to be sweets in there or if it's all straight no, up. No, it's all straight salt. up. Yeah. It's For me too. Up. Would not have been the case. No. I mean, look, I if you gave me a fourth and it was like, maybe throw it in there just to have the variety, but yeah. no. It's either <laughs> burger or grilled cheese. And oh, yeah. I can't. Let's go burgers. Okay. <laughs> Ah, great. Yeah. Letting yeah. go of that Swiss cheese. Listen, uh, technically you could eat a Swiss cheese that just you're like hold the burger and then you're still well, getting yeah, your, your cheese. Well, yeah, because then there's then there's there's numerous different ways you can. Yeah. I like this the fact that we can be broad. Mm -hmm. No. Is, well done. Leaves. Very well done. Thank you. Uh okay, three skills that you wake up with tomorrow that you've just downloaded matrix style. So you should wake up and you're like, oh, "I know how to do blah blah blah." Speak three languages fluently great know how to fight like like stunts in a movie type yeah, of fight great like jason bourne great and Like stupid, stupid, great dancer. Great, 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 great. I'm putting stupid, great dancer. I like it. If I can read my own writing, I'm going to be in good shape. <laughs> if not, uh-oh. Okay, three plays or musicals, three shows that you would do in a live setting that um, you, like the show and then if you know what the characters that you would want to play, that as well. And this is your opportunity to play something that, maybe you didn't get a chance to play and you never will for whatever reason, gender, age, ethnicity. It's a cartoon. I don't know. But like the three, three things that you would get you to like in this. <laughs> Minus the first question and the guys question. Cause I know that the, the, the guys and the movies are definitely going to come back to bite me in the ass. But yeah, otherwise well, we're soulmates. Um, I'll take it. I'll take my two terrible moments <laughs> for the rest being good. <laughs> the question was am i or am i not your soulmate we gotta check oh, market no please please yeah. please 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 yeah the mc and cabaret great iago and othello nice and The third one's the one that gives all the pressure because it's like, this is the last one. Yeah. Like, like you, oh, you can knock out the first couple yeah. and then it's like, oh shit. I'm the first I'm couple on my feel last like that, um, that game where you just, you have to. Oh yeah. Like vault, like a. Uh, without yeah. thinking. Yeah. You just yeah. have to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to regret it. Whatever this answer is. <laughs> Whatever this answer is, I'm going to regret it. I would say. 
Hamlet. Great. Great. And to specify Hamlet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, these are great choices. And I have to say, I might be with you on every single last one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. Whenever anybody says like, "What character would you like to play?" Even if it's like whether it's a play or not, uh, it, it's not a out. yeah. It's and it's absolutely not a political choice. It's not. Yeah. A, there's nothing about it. It's organically from my soul. Like I want to do that. Yeah. You know, I really Always. get it. Yeah, there, I think also too. There's this thing like I saw so much theater while I was in New York. Not as much as I would have wanted to, but still more than I'm usually seeing and every single great part you know i just i always knew this but it's like the traditionally and i'm not talking about contemporary stuff but the traditionally great stuff are male characters and you know it is what it is yeah but it does it it goes they're so juicy when we were doing Shakespeare classes, it was like there wasn't oh, a single yeah. female character I ever wanted to play. I like, know. as an adult and as an actor, like, if someone gave me the chance to play Ophelia, I think that's a fascinating role. I think yes. it's one. But, like, most of them, it's. I would play Rosencrantz or Guildenstern yeah. Yeah. over most of the women. Yeah. You know, it's just. The only one that I really was like, oh, good, was I did Mary Wives of Windsor. And I was like, oh, okay. So these yeah. are just like, like the role I had was like, you know, an instigator, a person who was driving the plot, right. like somebody who was in power. Yeah. It wasn't about her vulnerability as a woman. It was about you know, cleverness. Yeah, and the driving and, the story and the complexities and the, uh, it's just. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I yeah. feel it. I yeah. really feel it. Okay. Now the pressure turns to me because this Thank is my final God. category. I mean, you're gonna get still some pressure, but okay. it is the final category. Right. So now I feel like, oh, what do what what do I want to give you as your final category that I think is going to be a, uh, a category that you're not going to hate before, <laughs> uh, like something that's anything. like it's like a you loop. let me have it's all that passionate food. enough. It's true. It's not like it's so passionate. It's not a huge passion of yours to where you put so much pressure on yourself to answer it. But it's also not like a dumb one where you're like, ugh, I don't even care like what my answer would be. So that's why I'm trying to get at with you. Okay, so let me and I'm I'm. Thinking, I'm thinking, I'm scanning through the conversation that we had. Uh, give me. See, it's happening to me. Oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> give me three. Well, okay, listen, this goes back to your mom and the sort of like the stuff that she was working on, the kind of interest that you had in that. So give me three eras that it would be fun to be able to see. You're not going to get some, you know, you're not going to get like the croup. I'm not even sure what that is. You're not going to get scurvy. This is just like you're right. sort of in a safety bubble, but you're getting to sort of see the real life like version of some of the it. stuff that that is like very hard for us to access other than to see it depicted in a movie right. or a play. I would say turn of the century Europe. Great. I love that I still feel like saying turn of the century as in like the, into the 1900s. The older turn of, yeah, the, the other <laughs> not, turn of the century. Not the one 17 <laughs> years ago. Um, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the the 60s late 60s early 70s great is there a particular area 
or is it just kind of universal across universal the probably yeah. east coasters because i'm but to live during that time yeah great um and let's say i've never been into those victorian eras and like stuff like that so it's a little creepy there's some really like, creepy furniture going on yeah, there's some not, real high high collared <laughs> yeah um i'd say i can't decide if it's like the 20s or the 40s maybe the 40s mm-hmm that's funny. I had a feeling that you were going to say that. I kind of wanted to put you in Paris in the 40s, to be honest I with could you. totally you go know to Paris I mean? in the 40s. And really, the turn of the century thing for me is more of the innovation that happened so quickly. Oh, yeah. And also that Gigi takes place in the turn of the century there Paris. Is. There it I've is. lived in that so long. Yeah, that That's yeah. such a fantasy. Yeah. That, yeah. That's absolutely great. So, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, you know, I just have to do that little like squiggly thing to figure out how to eeny, meeny, miny, mo it. So just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this, do some brief calculations that don't actually involve any math. I'll come back with your 100% guaranteed match Life. future. Yes. And no shack. No I, shack. No one, <laughs> I want to reassure the listener that to you it will seem as if no time has passed. Okay. Are you ready? Moment of truth. I feel real good about this. I think you're going to be very happy. Okay. First of all, <clears throat> I want to congratulate you on your apartment. Super okay. No shack. Super okay. And it's in the south of France. Works for me. So to me, it's like a little cobblestone pied a terre oh, with like a view of the beach and the ocean. Balcony. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of, listen, this is all very French. This is très, très français. It's very interesting. Uh, listen, I have some, by the way, some French speaking listeners who are very angry at me that I just said très, très français instead of <laughs> using an accent, but it only goes so far. Number one, okay, so yeah, so uh, this is very helpful because I know that you also speak fluently three languages in addition to English, so I'm obviously French is one, I'm not sure what the others are, could be Spanish, could be, you know, anything that's going to do you fine in that area. Um, You also have done a spec, and actually I remember now that when you were in France, you did a French production of Hamlet as well as uh, an American version, and people were blown away. What a great role and what, what a great, great role job to be able to speak it what a fluently wonderful French. oh it was fantastic um i know that one of your traditions after you finish uh, uh portraying hamlet is you go backstage and you just eat like all the chinese food that you could possibly <gasps> ever want and in fact that's available to you at any time anywhere that. no ramifications <laughs> all good stuff uh you can, are able to travel by like light speed train so before you get a chance to get sick of being on a train you're already there oh my god you can uh visit at will uh paris in the 40s <sighs> but you can also jump in to gigi this is what i'm saying this Stop is like all french it. all the time i need a good i France. mean you're really really getting okay and then that le- just leaves your romantic partner through all of this uh otherwise known as Basketball Diaries era Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Slash Titanic. Um, That, my friend, is your mash future. That is delicious stuff right there. I never got a mash that good as a kid, and we used to cheat. (laughs) (laughs) 
no oh cheating necessary. God. Yeah, not bad, right? I feel like I need this is like a sign I need to go to France. Clearly. Like clearly. It's so weird too. I've never been like all about France. I went to the south of France like eight years ago. My mom was working there and it was around my birthday, so I went. Yeah. The south of France is lovely. I've never yeah. been to Paris. And it's never oh, been like the it. number one on my list. Yeah. It's never been I think the south of France is you gotta get it there. And I would say go but go yeah, get yourself to Paris Lord. and get yourself down into the sort of central region where like all the wine country is and the sunflower yeah. fields and the rivers. And the it's and spectacular. And I find the people to be wonderful. I love the French. <gasps> I have to Yeah, we're gonna get you over there. Yeah, that's we're gonna, gonna get you over the there. Next. We're gonna do a telethon. We're gonna start raising money right here on the podcast. <laughs> um uh Send Lily yeah, to France. Yeah. Lily, this has been a pleasure and a joy. And you. I've loved it. Uh, I, I mentioned the show before, but the show is Happy. It happy. stars uh, two people that I've had the pleasure of working with in the past, um, who, both of whom I adore, Chris Maloney and Patton, right? You work with those yep. guys. We know you shoot it in New York. It's, this, it's on sci-fi. It's on sci-fi. Um, and it, where, anything else you want to tell the folks about? Any place that they can catch you on social media? Anything like that um, that you want to talk about? All on the social medias. El Mirajnik on Instagram because they won't let me have my name. Um, Twitter's Lily Mirajnik. Lily is L I L I. Mm -hmm, L I L I. I love that that's the name you're worried they're going to be able to spell. (laughs) Well, the moment (laughs) that you start like typing in L I L I M, then it's like, you know, Mirajnik is M I R O J N I C K. That's a great name. Which it's not super hard, like, after you look at it. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. It's like, sense. it actually is spelled it like sense, it sounds. It's, it's just daunting because it's a lot yeah. of letters and a lot of dots. That's um, right. A lot of so dots. So all on that and happy Wednesday nights, 10 o'clock sci-fi. Watch And streaming on sci-fi.com and on demand. Great. And it's awesome. I think your show actually airs the exact same time that my show airs on IFC. So that's why, and and the other show I'm on on FX. So it's like, uh, now it's like, like, okay, so DVR, DVR. (laughs) watch it on the app. Who watches television? I shouldn't say that, but like, come on. But seriously, it's kind of like, you have, the accessibility is at your fingertips. Yeah, it's outrageous how easy it is to watch our shows, guys. Come on. It's like, you know. Yeah. I mean, DVRs now, yeah. most of them can do up to five at a time and you don't have to yeah. change the channel. So, like, And then just apps is like the easiest thing in the world. Exactly. Get on and it. It's Christmas and you get it. So like, you know. Yeah, do some DVR binging, guys. Binge do some it. serious binging. Lily, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, happy holidays. I can't, I forget when this comes out, but it's soon. So um, I hope you're having a nice holiday break or that you had one very recently. And I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.